How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio again for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Um, today is currently Wednesday, November 11th. It is 2020. Um, I'm joined once again by another than the Cohen Hughes. Cohen, say what's up to everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? Um, episode People who listen to TP3, uh, my name is Cohen Hughes. I am from the Daily Degenerate Podcast. You've probably heard me and Penland making NFL and NBA picks lately. Uh, that's kind of what me and Penland do. I am the gambling side. He is the conceptual side. But today, now that we have a date for the NBA, we are ready to do some great NBA talk. If you haven't heard our episode on the new head coaching, GM, and new players, um, you should go check that out. I think that was episode one. 45 of mine I don't, I don't know what Penland's number was on his but um, we actually kind of quasi predicted the new Houston Rockets head coach and we gave our thoughts about some of the new hires around the league that is a great episode one of mine and Penland's best ever I mm -hmm. think personally Penland had a lot of good praise for it too so go check that out on mine or his channel yeah that's that was a great podcast we killed it and you know it was the perfect segue for us to get going on all this so guys Cohen is not as much of a uh, college knowledge guy as I am, so I will be posting a mock draft podcast as well that I'm recording later today um, without Cohen. But Cohen has great knowledge of what's already in the league now, and that's why I brought him on because he's the only person who can help break all this down with me. Um, you know, guys, we got a great show for you all today. We're about to go through. It's going to be a three-part series. Each um, We basically split them up in, by the division. So today we're going to do the Pacific and the Atlantic divisions. And... Um, Pretty much what we're going to do, guys, is go through those divisions and break them down for you guys team by team and just kind of talk about what we think they should do this offseason, how we think that they can uh, fix or hurt their team. So let's go ahead and get this thing going, Cohen, and we'll start out in the Atlantic Division, which is in the Eastern Conference. We'll start out with the Boston Celtics, who lost in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Cohen, what do you think the Celtics need to do moving forward? Um, I think some of the team needs for the Celtics are uh, – first and foremost, a center, because Kander did not get it done this year for him. What, like seven mm -hmm. and a half rebounds a game? That's not going to do it. Um, every team can always use depth, but I also think the Celtics need a consistent bench scorer. But first and foremost, I think this is a center. I know, um, like you said, I'm not the college guy. You're kind of the college guy. I'm My area of expertise is guys that are already in the league and guys who have already kind of given us something to look for. Um, so I'm going to let you touch on who you think they'll draft in the draft at whatever spot they're at because you're, you're the NBA draft guy. I'm not. But um, I think bringing in a guy like Hassan Whiteside, Andre Drummond, I know he has a player option, so he could be out, um, out, of, out of Cleveland or – Detroit so you know or Cleveland who no yeah you had it right the first yeah, time Cleveland yeah look at me but um, <laughs> I, I think bringing in one of those big bodies who can rebound run the floor doesn't need a lot of shots to you know kind of get his game going who can mostly live on the rebounds and and the very close layups and dunks I think that kind of unselfish player in Brad Stevens system can really take this team to the next level and actually get them to the finals where they should have been the last two or three years in my opinion yeah, so Boston actually has the 14th pick. They have the 26th pick and the 30th pick. I've heard rumors that they really want to move in, up in this draft. Personally, I don't think they have the power to do it in this draft without giving up a, a current guy on their team. The guy they're looking to move up for is um, Anyaka Okongwu, uh, power forward and center from USC, who actually I think would be the absolute perfect fit for them here in Boston. But 
You know, Cohen, I, I agree completely with a lot of things you said. They got to figure out something in there at the big man spot. I mean, Bam absolutely destroyed them in that series, and I feel like that was the spot where the Celtics really came up short. Like you said, Ennis Cantor provides nothing for them on defense. Um, I think Daniel Tice will be brought back. Obviously, Tice is not really who you want in there eating up your big man minutes. I personally think with the way the centers are paid these days, well, first off, I think Andre Drummond will opt back in. I mean, he's got a $27 million player option he can um, exercise. There's no way he's going to get anywhere close from that from any other team. I'm almost 100% sure Drummond will um, exercise that option. I'm pretty sure he already said that he plans on exercising that option. That's one key thing that they need to that they need to uh, establish because Gordon Hayward's owed, I believe, $28 million, I want to say, by the Celtics. It is. It last year it was 32 million. So I, yes. I, it's, it's going to be in the neighborhood of that. Yeah, it's a $34 million player option he can exercise. It'll just depend on, I think, Hayward's going to kind of gauge the market a little bit and see if he can get a long-term. Because, I mean, if he can get two or three more year deal out of a team for about the same price, I'm sure he'll walk. If not, I would expect him to exercise that. But that depends a lot on what he does right there with that. The Celtics, though, aren't going to be looking to replace someone long-term for that salary because Jason Tatum will be due a big payday. I bet he'll probably get his payday here sooner rather than later. And the Celtics would be smarter to give it to him or not because the way the – salary cap works to be honest with you me and Cohen are NBA experts and we don't even understand fully how the salary cap works but I do know this making all NBA teams and stuff like that really affects the amount of money you can get so the Celtics are going to want to pay Tatum sooner rather than later because they can get him for cheaper but with all that being said I think Tristan Thompson you could get in here for like I think really cheap maybe even get him for that five million dollars you paid for Cantor I mean the market is not big out there for big men I think that's the biggest thing other than that I think the Celtics need to go ahead and bring everybody back obviously they can you know bring in little guys here and there and everything I think Desmond Bain that would be a good pick for them to look at in the actual draft of itself look Bain's not a guy who's going to come in and ever be a superstar or anything from your team but I know a lot of y'all didn't watch TCU basketball this last season. I did. Bain is great at moving without the ball in his hands. He can shoot. He's an excellent defender. I think Bain's a guy who's going to get wherever he gets drafted in this draft. He will play for probably the next 15 years in the NBA just as a role player who plays defense and stuff like that. I think he'd be a great fit for them. But Celtics have a lot of flexibility. I kind of expect them to package together some picks and move up. I don't think they'll be able to move into the top 10, but they'll move up somewhere on it. But ultimately, I like them to keep this roster together, maybe just add one guy with like a um with with like a Tristan Thompson I think he's the perfect fit so quick question uh while we're still on centers um what's the deal do you think they're ever going to try to do anything serious with Taco Fall or do you think he's more just a gadget kind of 12 minutes a game guy no, I think they'll keep trying to develop Taco Fall. I Personally, the way I look at Taco Fall, I thought Taco Fall was very valuable. I was honestly shocked he wasn't even drafted in this draft. I would have taken him somewhere in there. Taco Fall could definitely play on my team. I mean, I think with a guy that big, if you can even get – shoot, if I could get five quality minutes out of Taco Fall a night, he could take a roster spot up on my team or five quality minutes at that size and everything and everything he brings to the table. I expect them to keep trying to bring him along. Also, too, I know that they have like Wanamaker and other guys become free agents. I think they're trying to move Carson Edwards into that backup point guard role which I think is a role we could see him thrive as and be one of the premier sixth men in the league I was preaching the Rockets should have tried to trade into the draft just to take him in the second freaking round I'm sure the Rockets could have done something to get in there in the second round you know I felt like I feel like Carson Edwards though he's a guy who can fill it up and he can shoot and he looks a lot better in the bubble too so I think we'll see these two guys get more playing time as the season goes on next year and the Celtics try to get something out of them all right, last question that I have on the Celtics. What do you think they're going to try to do with Hayward? Um, if you re-sign him, it's going to be really hard to kind of ship him off for that salary that he's being paid to be a glorified six-man. Uh, do you think they stay and just let him live out the rest of his life as a Boston Celtic for, for the rest of this contract? Or do you think they try to go ahead and move him now while the, uh, while the market's still kind of fresh? 
Um, I think there might be a decent trade market out there for Hayward. I think there's some of these teams that could like maybe the magic who could look to swap a big man for like a forward like that. He can help him stretch the floor. You know, I was even saying maybe even trade him to the Rockets just to eat up the salary or something, you know, maybe for like Eric Gordon or somebody like that. Cause I mean, the salaries, I mean, obviously there probably have to be a couple more moving parts, but I think you could make something work, but yeah, I think, I personally think Eric, or I mean, um, Gordon Hayward is going to too many Gordons right there. Um, are gonna yeah. is gonna end up trying to. I think he's gonna opt out honestly and go get paid by another team. I think a team is still going to be willing to give Gordon Hayward that kind of money. I mean, in my opinion, he's probably the best free agent available in this class. That's how bad this free agent class is. I don't know if he's better than Drummond, but I think he's a close second or third. I think he's better than Drummond. Look, Drummond, I will say this. I want to see Drummond play for a team that actually provides him structure and a purpose when he's on the court. I mean, in the Pistons, when you're as, as my dad said, when you're as big as Andre Drummond is, you can walk around, you can just walk up and down the court and yep. find 15 rebounds that'll just fall into your hands. Like, I mean, you said it too, Co. And like, we want to see Andre Drummond get into a situation where he's actually in, like, you know what I mean? Where there's actually some substance, where a team's actually getting something out of him and he's playing with players who can actually bring that out of him. I don't think he's ever some played team with that's player. not like automatically written out of the playoffs every year mm -hmm. before the season starts. Yeah, let's see him get in some structure where it's actually like a competitive atmosphere and vibes. I mean, that atmosphere in Detroit has been absolutely awful. So, be interesting to see that. Anything else on the Celtics before we move on? I don't have anything else. I think they're in a good spot. I like Brad Stevens a lot. Um, he, he's got some really good drafts that he's done the past few years. The future does look bright, but they just need to get over the hump and quit getting beat by inferior teams in the playoffs. Hey, I agree with you completely on that one. Let's put it this way. If they, if they kept the exact same roster that they would have slated for this next season, I'd probably still take them to be top three in the East. So their Celtics are definitely looking like they're in good shape. Um, let's go down the street a little bit, maybe a, you know, 30 minute train ride or so. And let's stop in, in Brooklyn here where we'll talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, Cohen, my biggest question coming to this for the Nets, they obviously own, I believe the 18th pick in this draft. Um, I mean, do you think the, the Nets even need to do anything for this roster? Or are they good to go the way they are? I do think they need to do something. Um, I don't, okay. I, I, I think they have some of the top talent as, as, as in a total talent roster in the East. Um, I think that they need, still need some more defenders, like a guy like Markeith Morris would make a lot of sense to me. Maybe like a Baca, Drew Holiday, Justin Holiday, uh, maybe even a guy like Nick Batum, if you're looking to get real thrifty with it. Uh, um, it really does take when he comes back because he's going to get a raise of about three or $4 million. Yeah, you froze up there a little bit at the end, um, so I couldn't hear all of what you said after. What did you say after Batum? He's going to get the three or four million dollar raise. Um, Joe Harris, and also if we're going to okay. resign Jared Allen or not. Yeah, see, I feel like that Jared Allen, you kind of got to let go. Look, I like Jared Allen's talent and abilities a lot. I think he's one of the better young centers in the league, and he could play on my team one hundred and fifty percent. He looked really good in the bubble, but. Look, you have DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan's kind of the same player as Jared Allen. And this new NBA and the way this roster is built, I don't know if you necessarily need two centers like that. I mean, Karutz and Kevin Durant, Torian Prince, all those guys can play power forward for you in this NBA. Also kind of like Nicholas Claxton, a young prospect still out of Georgia. Um, I personally think that you got to try to get Joe Harris. I think Joe Harris might demand too much money at the end of the day, but I think you got to try to bring him in there. I mean, he still is one of the best, you know, spot up shooters in the league and Joe Harris can do more than just shoot the ball. He can move without it. He can create shots for himself a little bit, which we saw him do in the bubble. So 
I, I, I like what you said there, Cohen. I mean, I think you got to bring back Joe Harris. I would pay him a little bit more if you have to. Look, I think the main thing the Nets might try to do with this roster is get a third star. I've heard them possibly link to Bradley Beal. I've heard them link to other guys who might be available out there. I think it'd be kind of foolish, though because they're going to have to end up giving up Dinwiddie and Levert to make this roster work. We all know damn well Kyrie Irving is not playing in 72 games this season. Kyrie Irving has not played in more than 62 games in a season before. Um, I, I don't see him getting even healthier. I see those problems keeping up. Look, Spencer Dinwiddie is the player that kept this Nets team alive the last two years. He just probably gets the least credit of anyone in the league, I think. Even when they had D'Angelo Russell, there's nights, you know, and D, there's a reason why D'Angelo Russell is who he is. There's some nights where he doesn't show up and do anything at all. Um, then that's why you have a guy like Dinwiddie who fills in for him. I think that Dinwiddie is one of the heart and soul players of this team. You can't afford to lose him. And I think Levert is a young emerging star. You can go get a bucket for you. And we've seen him erupt for some massive nights. I would personally keep the roster the way it is. I think the Nets are, are built very well. And if Kyrie and Katie end up leaving you, you have your next pieces to build around with Levert. Yeah, I, I do think they have, um, in terms of talent, the best roster, um, quote-unquote, in the East. I, I, I like players separately on that roster a whole mm -hmm. lot. Guys like Tyler Johnson, even guys like Garrett Temple, Timothy Luro, uh, Cabarro used to play with the Sixers, who I've watched a few times play in Atlanta. Uh, Tarian Prince, who's kind of been an afterthought sometimes. And that's on top of guys like Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie, Karis LeVert, and Joe Harris. That's a really good starting lineup, in my opinion. My one thing is you're going to need a few more defenders so that's that's where I like guys like Marquise Morris, Drew Holiday, maybe even Ibaka if Ibaka's still a starter, or a, even a serviceable player in today's NBA. Oh yeah, Ibaka definitely is a serviceable player in the NBA, and I bet he, I bet you, he will be one of the top sought-after guys in this free agency for teams who are looking for a veteran player who can come in and play a big role on your team. I mean, Ibaka was a beast in those playoffs for the Raptors. I love Ibaka's game and the way he plays. I think he's your prototypical five nowadays. He's a consistent jumper. He defends the rim so well. I mean, shoot, bro, if they brought in Ibaka on this team, I think that they are easily the best team in the East, and it's not even close. Um, I, I think they are the best team in the East right now on paper. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see how the personalities of guys like Kevin Durant, um, Kyrie Irving, and, and, and let's see how the, how the carnival kind of puts itself together. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. We'll see how everything goes together. I mean, it's going to be fun to see what happens in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Cohen. I probably, I'm leaning towards picking them to win the Eastern Conference the way everything looks right now. Um, up next on here is the stinky, stinky, stinky New York Knicks who are stuck in limbo with the eighth pick in this NBA draft. There's a lot of things they do. I mean, Cohen, I've heard them link to Russell Westbrook. If you're the Knicks, do you make this move, move or try to trade for another star this offseason? Um, if it's between the Knicks and the Clippers, who needs it more? We'll talk about the Clippers more in a bit whenever we get to the Pacific Division. But I, I, I would think that New York would benefit from having a guy like um, Russell Westbrook maybe move Alfred Payton to the shooting guard spot or maybe move him to the bench um, behind R.J. Barrett or something. Uh, come on now, Alfred Payton's really good, I think. But um, I think Russell Westbrook does two things for this New York Knicks team. First thing, the most obvious thing, is puts asses in seats and gets the New York Knicks fans excited again. Usually on a team who's competing, I would think that Russell Westbrook would be a cancer and, and, and a guy who would do nothing but mess up chemistry, stop the ball, take up too many shots and do that. But there's almost no way to do that with a New York Knicks team who is thirsting for overall talent, thirsting for someone to be the man and say, hey, let's take this fucking shot, dog. Um, um, I think that, that Russell Westbrook would be really good with the New York Knicks, and I think the New York Knicks would be a whole lot better with Russell Westbrook. So if you're asking me the question, would it work in New York with him, I think it would way more than any other team. Cohen, 
I'm going to complete opposite side from you here. Look, if I'm the Rockets, I would, if they offered me Julius Randle in the first round pick in this draft, I would do it in a heartbeat, not even think about it, even though it's obviously not an even trade, but the Rockets have no young players are developing and rosters lost. It at least gets you some flexibility and gets Westbrook out of there. I think Westbrook would be a horrible fit for this team. I don't even think they would make the playoffs in the East by adding Westbrook to this team. I don't think Me they'd neither. be able to get Me free neither. agents or anything. Me neither. I, if I'm the Knicks, I'm looking towards 2021, arguably the most stacked draft class we've seen since that Trey and Luca one, which I think might go down as the best draft class in the history of the league. This one has a chance to rival that draft class with how good it's going to be. Um, it's absolutely stacked. If I'm the Knicks, I'm keeping my first round pick and maybe hoping that I can win the lottery this next year and get the first overall pick and get something. I mean, even if you if you have a pick in the top eight guys in this next draft, I think you have a chance to land a superstar. That's how stacked up this next class is going to be. Um, I think the Knicks should just use their draft pick and build based off of that. I don't think that trading for one of these guys and also think about this we're going to have one of one of those free agency class that is loaded up there once again with like, or like the uh, other draft classes were, or like the, um, or the free agency class to be loaded up like one of those superstar free agency classes. I mean, Kawhi's contracts up Giannis, just to name a few guys off the top of my head. So, I mean, if I'm the Knicks, I'm honestly building towards the, towards the 2021 season and trying to stack my team up and move from there. I don't know. Um, you know me. I'm not a huge fan of the whole tanking thing and playing to lose. Um, I do think that adding a guy like Russell Westbrook or any superstar of that caliber would put asses in seats in New York and it would get people off the back of James Dolan, who is notoriously kind of cheap and who lets superstars walk for the walk for the low but um just because you trade for russell westbrook for a rental for one year doesn't mean you're attached to him for the rest of his career i think he's already kind of shown us that um i would think that it would be a good idea for this year if you win you win if you don't what do you lose you can do what you said and kind of tank it out for the next top eight pick yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they should intentionally tank. I'm just saying they should just leave the roster the way it is and use their pick on whoever the best player available is. Because, I mean, as bad as that roster is, if you go out there and use that pick, I mean, it's it, it ain't going to do much for you, at least at the time being. I don't think this is talent. the worst roster in the NBA. Um, Alfred Payton, Frank Nicolina, R.J. Barrett, uh, Mo Harkless is obviously your weak spot starting lineup Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson um I would say that Mitchell Robinson and and Mo Harkless are weak spots in the roster so if you can go out and get you a good center maybe find a guy like um Kevin Knox to kind of step up and play small forward maybe even like Reggie Bullock if he wants to play well and not take up too many shots you, you don't have the worst roster in the NBA um I actually am going to disagree with you on that first off I think Alfred Payton's absolutely worthless. He can't shoot the ball to save his life. He could not play on my team for free. Um, also, I actually like Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson two years ago showed a lot of potential. This last year, he was banged up a little bit. I think if he gets a point guard in there who can actually use him to the best of their ability, I think he has a lot of potential. I like Julius Randle a lot. I think Julius Randle's a really good player, and I think he's a very valuable asset to have that they have there with him. But you know, outside of that, I think there's definitely a lot of question marks with this roster. If I'm the Knicks, I'm just trying to stockpile young talent. I'll even take on bad contracts to get future draft picks. I'm telling you, man, I feel like they can finally break through the mold if that they if they wait until this 2021 draft. I think they can really do something to break, break through and get that team that they've been looking for. Um, we'll move from the Knicks now to the 76ers. And look, Cohen, I got to ask you the question. It's It's been time. I said it was time last year. It's time this year. Got to make your mind up. Who are you keeping, Embiid or Simmons? 
who am I keeping? I'm keeping Embiid. Um, for me to have have a power forward handle the ball night in night out is just an awful dumb decision. And I, and I think Doc Rivers will agree with me because he's more traditional in the way that he coaches basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they that they have some obvious team needs, but at this point, I think you just need to blow it up. Um, I was reading an article today that said the 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 76ers have a 300 million dollar cap problem. Um, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. It's it's not good. They're in a bad spot. Um, they've changed up the front office to your man, Daryl Morley. Uh, they brought in Doc Rivers. But I don't think this team has any shot of even making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Because for me, for a while, I thought that the East has been an embarrassment and a joke in the NBA, that it's so easy to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Toronto Raptors a few years ago showed us that. Um, I think that now that some of the Eastern Conference teams have retooled and kind of gotten stronger and not become a joke anymore, I think the 76ers have showed us that tanking in the NBA does not work. Look at what happened. Look at what this team they showed us. They kept guys like like Elton Brand in the front office for too long. They kept guys like who I don't think last year was Brett Brown's fault. He was never the guy. I think they, they held on to Brett Brown for too long. So I just think that they just need to blow everything up, keep Embiid. May, hell, you don't even have to keep Embiid. I'm not that attached to Embiid myself. I think he has obvious motor problems, and I think that he um, shows obvious limitations in today's NBA. I'm not a humongous fan of anybody on this 76ers roster. My opinion is to blow it up. To me, they need ball handlers. They need a backup big. They need scorers who are independent, who can score on their own. But once you have these many laundry lists of things to add up, blow it up. Let's 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 start new. You could bring in guys like Gordon Hayward, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Tim Hardaway, guys like Rodney Hood. They would add a few wins maybe to this team, but I don't think they're going anywhere this year. Yeah, I think the 76ers are kind of in a two-year build. They did a horrible job of uh, spending all that money on Horford and um, and uh, Tobias Harris. I mean, probably two of the worst contracts in the entire NBA. Those those two guys combined, I think it, it said, gave you like 19.8 points a game this year. Yeah, and they're, I believe that they're making like – I. I want to say they're making almost 50% of the team's salary cap. I mean, that is that is that is awful. I remember I remember Cohen when the there was a lot of people who were high on the 76ers. I remember me and you were sitting here and we're like, so did they just sign out Horford just to sign somebody? Like yeah, that was the most baffling signing I've ever seen. But you to be honest with you, I hate both these guys in Embiid and Simmons. And me look, too. me too. I think Embiid's hilarious, but I mean he's fat and he's lazy. I mean, I can't I can't tell you like in those 76ers games. Not only did it look like they were giving up, which could be like on Brett Brown. Like, I mean, they were up by 20 points multiple times on the Celtics. Celtics came back and took the lead. And it's like they quit and lost the game by 25 points. Embiid, I didn't see him cut hard a single time off a screen. It looked, looked like every time he's just fading and taking the easy way out with the jump shot. Like, it looked like he did not care at all. He's got to clean that diet up, get in shape, and lose weight. We've been saying it for the last three years, and it still hasn't happened yet. To be honest with you, I would still choose Embiid over Simmons. But just because I agree with you, like he's an untraditional point guard. I think the only way it would work with him is if you surround him with a bunch of shooters and like a shooting five. I mean, I don't think Horford's a terrible five to have in there if you were to keep Simmons around. No. But 
I, I think you got to try to build around Embiid and at least give Embiid a good chance and, you know, kind of live and die with Embiid. At the end of the day, he's your best player. You got to live and die with it. You can get him way more in return too, probably for Simmons, I feel like. so. The same thing look, that we said about Drummond is if you can surround him with a team that he likes and a team that can win and the team that actually has a real shot, mm-hmm. maybe it'll upgrade his level of play. Maybe his motor will start to crank up a little bit more. But as of right now, um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I kind of hate both the guys. If you made me choose what you did, um, I would definitely choose Embiid. I think he's more skilled than, than Simmons. And I think he's overall just a better player. Um, ben Simmons to me is an absolute, it baffles me how people can, can overrate this guy year after year after year when he, when literally he can't do half of a point guard job, which is shoot threes. So to me, I'm out on Ben Simmons. Totally. I'll take Joel Embiid in that situation, but if they were to blow it up and give, get rid of both those guys, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, see, I agree with you 100% there, Cohen. I cannot, I would not be shocked if they blew it up, if they completely gutted the team. I think they're going to try, though, to build around and beat. I think it's the right move. I think you got to move too. Horford. You got, I think you can move Horford. I mean, it's going to be tough, but I think at the end of the day, you can get something decent. I'd take anything in return for Horford, yep. to even just get the contract off your books. Like, yep. even, I mean, even if it's for like a second round pick, I would get rid of him just to get rid of the contract and have flexibility again. I don't know if you'll get a second. I don't know if you'd get a second. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, you're you, laughing. I'm not. Like, I, hey, I, I would even, yeah, I would even eat another bad contract if it's a guard who can shoot the ball, you know, like, or even if it's a forward that can shoot the ball, I'd eat another bad contract. But I think you got to stick with Embiid and ride it out. I mean, they still have, I mean, still like, I like Josh Richardson. I like Tobias Harris. I don't like Tobias Harris for his contract, but I still think if you can get rid of Simmons and, and Horford for decent value, there's a lot you can do here in Philadelphia to make this team interesting again. And I mean, if you, if you can get this team interesting and competitive, I would probably guess that you'll see Embiid pick his level of play up as well. So, I mean, Philadelphia though is a shit show right now, but I guarantee you one thing. So look, Daryl Morey knows one thing. You have to have two stars in the NBA to win. He has two stars right now. He's not going to move them unless he can get another one. I don't see him just blowing the team up for no reason, but I guarantee you Horford will be gone if no matter what this off season, I can get, I can guarantee that. Um, Next, let's move honestly to one of my favorite teams in the Eastern Conference, which is the Toronto Raptors, who always seem to know what they're doing. They're going to have to re-sign Fred Van Vliet, um, Abaka and Gasol, as well as free agents. I actually have written down in my notes here, Cohen, because in my opinion, I think they have one of the top three GMs in all of basketball. I said we should just mind our own business and let Masai Ujiri do his thing and not even try to guess what he does here. But because there's no fun in that, what are we guessing he's going to do here? Um, I guess that he does not re-sign Mark Gasol, but he does re-sign Serge. It wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me to see Serge in a different uniform, but because of the success that Serge had in his playoff run, kind of developing a few threes here and there, mm-hmm. hitting some good shots, hitting some clutch shots when no one else could, um, I think they do have a really good starting five. I still think as, as a team they're kind of overrated, but they shut me up by winning the title two years ago, so you can't really get all that mad about that. Uh, Van Bleet is the centralized piece that they are going to build around OG Ananobi really stepped his game up this year Kyle Lowry's kind of taken a step back in the last two years but as a team I still think they're good and I still think they are a shoe-in for a top four seed in the Eastern Conference so let's see what I have written down right here I, I still think they have a big need for a starting center I still think Serge Ibaka is really good I do not think he is a starter in this league anymore so wow. if you can if you can bring in anybody like Andre Drummond um, Montrez Harrell um, I even like a 
guy like Aaron Baines over him, Tristan Thompson. There are enough shot takers on this on this roster, but if you brought in a guy like Tristan Thompson, a guy who couldn't shoot a jump shot the whole game, that would benefit the rest of the team by getting more rebounds and opening up for the rest of the guys to shoot more. I even like a guy like Dwight Howard. Serge Ibaka could lead the bench unit, which necessarily isn't a demotion a lot of the time, but I still think bringing in a guy like Tristan Thompson, Andre Drummond, if you got the money for it, Montrez Harrell, Dwight Howard, I still think that could be better in the long run for this team. Um, I think they should pay Ibaka personally and keep him around. I think Ibaka is a great fit here and did a lot of good things for this team, especially the way he played in the playoffs. The good news is Ibaka and Gasol combined for about $25 million right now on that payroll. I think you got to keep one, keep Ibaka. Gasol looked awful. He looked like he aged a lot. Use yeah. that money to re-sign Van Vliet and keep Van Vliet around. Van Vliet looks like he's going to be the perfect guy to replace Lowry when he's done. I mean, when you think about it, Toronto's got one of that. I like to think of teams by who your best three players are. The Celtics have one of the better three-player groups in the league with Kimba, um, um, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. I mean, Kyle Lowry, Spicy P, and Fred Van Vliet sounds pretty damn good with Ibaka as your number four. I mean, I really like what I have right there. They have lots of good role players. They seem to find guys. I look for a guy like Chris Boucher to be or Chris Boucher to be ready to step into a bigger role with this team. Also, too, I mean, I bet you they can bring in at least one or two crafty free agents here. Masai Ujiri always seems to know what he's doing with guys like that. I'd bring back Ibaka and Van Vliet. I think the Raptors got to keep their guys here and just kind of move forward with the team they have. I mean, this is a team that's shown they can compete in the Eastern Conference with what they have. I mean, I think I think getting rid of Gasol and adding one or two other rotational veterans would help this team immensely. One good thing that the uh, – t- Rockets have or the Raptors have going for them is that almost 40% of their total points last year were scored from the bench. So they do mm-hmm. have a good spread of who scores and who scores when and guys they can call on. So you can, so you can sit there and you can say they're good and set up for the future. Uh, the only place that I disagree with you on is I wouldn't back the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily pay uh, Serge Ibaka. I would offer him a team friendly deal. If he takes it, he takes it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, you can always find good guys, you know, kind of up in the, up in the, 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 the ranks it up in the um uh, uh, up in the g league system um but if he comes back he comes back if not if not i still think that your top four even without a center is good enough to get you a top three or four seed in the Eastern conference playoffs this year which is all you can really ask for home court advantage over whoever you're playing will battle it out in the second round um, i still think the toronto raptors are kind of overrated but i think they have a good team a really good team going forward and they're set up well for the future i give abaca three years 50 million I think that's a good team. I think that's a good deal. I don't know if you can tie yourself to an aging Serge Ibaka for three years. I would go two and 35. Hey, I would take two and 35 any day of the week as well. So, I mean, shoot, I'd even give him two around. Yeah, 235 honestly sounds pretty uh It's, it's, it's fair there. to both parties. No, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to – you want to take care of Serge for what he has done for you and you, you want to reward a good playoff run, but you also don't want to break the bank and go over his head because you know – that was probably his peak. Yeah, see, I agree with you completely there, Cohen. Those are all great points. Now, let's switch things over here to the Pacific Division, and we're going to start things off with the Golden State Warriors who missed the playoffs last year, which sounds very weird to stay. Cohen, yep. what should they do with the second pick here? Do they make a selection? Do they trade it in Andrew Wiggins? I mean, what do you do here if you're the Warriors? 
Um, I don't know. It, it's very interesting um, with, with Andrew Wiggins. I think that he can find success with this lineup. So what I have written down is I was like, just kind of stand pat, spend your cards, spend your poker chips, and just wait on Steph and Clay to get back healthy again and Draymond to get back healthy again. Because as we've seen, that, that's his best of a three-man game that you're going to get in the NBA. And to add Wiggins to that is honestly – you know, kind of kind of icing on top of the cake. Um, me personally, I would like to say that Ant-Man Edwards is going to go number one in the draft. I, I don't know if you agree with that. To me, he's the best player in this I draft. Um, if he's there at number two, you have to take him if you're the Golden State Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about the ball kid. Um, I like Lonzo Ball better than the rest of the brothers, to be honest with you. So I don't really Whoa. know about the ball kid. Yeah, I know. I know. It's tough. But um, no, no matter who you take, you're going to get a top two talent in the NBA draft. Um, if you're if it's Christmas Day, I'm hoping for um, from for Hamman Edwards from 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 our, our state over here at the University of Georgia. But if not, it's not. You know, who, who knows? I think they have a bunch of good bench pieces. Guys like Eric Paschal, uh, Jordan Poole, I, I, I think is good. Um, I like the Chasson Randall kid. Uh, Kai Bowman, I think, is going to be good under learning under mm-hmm. Steph Curry. But um all you're doing is you're waiting for these guys to get back healthy. Steph Curry, you're waiting on him to be able to contribute his threes. Clay Thompson to give you the, st- the scoring punch. Um, Andrew Wiggins is going to be Andrew Wiggins, and I think it's a good move for him to be able to play with guys this talented. It'll raise his level of play and raise his talent and give him more opportunities to get open shots because they're going to be glued on Steph and Clay. Um, the center position to me is a little bit of a question mark right now. Um, Marquise Chris, I think, is good, but he's not very great. Um, I have written down right here i said just get everyone back plus add a center if you wanted to add tristan thompson i know i've said that name a few times already but he is a guy who doesn't take many shots at all he'll get a put back dunk he'll get a wide open layup but he's a guy who grabs wholesale boards and kicks the ball out and runs the rest of the offense so to me the perfect fit is a guy like tristan thompson who isn't worth a whole lot of money but for a team like this who has four shooters otherwise he can just grab the rebound and run so I'm actually going to have to have to uh, kind of agree, but disagree with you. I think I definitely think you should keep everybody around. I don't really think the center position matters that much. I think Kevin Looney can still give you what you need. He didn't play much last year, obviously, because he was injured. I think Aaron, Eric Paschal is going to be a great player to have off the bench. But, you know, I think the Warriors did the right thing. They saw what they could, what they had with these role players and whatnot. Now they're ready to bring back Stephen Clay and throw – arguably the best two like the two best players that play the best together in the entire league maybe only to yep. lebron and ad back in there you can you um, can say three whenever you add draymond into it you know like they have the, mm-hmm. one of the best three-man games in the nba mm-hmm. that's exactly what i'm saying and then on top of that if i was the warriors honestly i'm looking to keep that number two pick and i actually have the perfect selection for them to take here Obi Toppin, power forward from dayton this guy is the prototypical four in the NBA nowadays. He can guard for his position. He can rebound. He can shoot. He's only been playing basketball since he was like 13 years old. He's a veteran too, so he's going to come in in the shortened offseason and be ready to go for you. I think Obi Toppin will be the best player in this entire draft class, and I think the Warriors will snag him here at two because they're that good at recognizing talent and everything. Look, I think I'm not going to get into prospects with you, but I think Anthony Edwards is good, but he also has a lot of holes in his game. If he was still available at two, I would trade out of the pick or or um use it but I think the Warriors would be foolish here not to select a young guy every single team needs a young guy that they're building up they kind of have it with Paschal but if they could throw another young guy like that in there with this team I think it would make them 
you know, a step, another step above everybody in the league here. If they could put top in there, just think about it. their best lineup. They don't really have their Iguodala anymore. Their best lineup was Iguodala, Draymond, Steph, Clay, and Barnes. Now they have, I mean, they have their Barnes back with Wiggins. They need that new Iguodala. I think they got to draft a guy here who can bring that to the table for them and give them another dangerous small ball lineup. I think the Warriors are going to use the pick here rather than trade it. And I think they're going to run with what they have. I think Wiggins is literally the exact same player as Barnes and pretty much on this team. I think if you do draft Toppin, um, I think you have to move Draymond Green to the center position because of the spacing that he provides you at the five. And I think you have to move Toppin into the starting lineup almost day one. I don't know if Eric Pascal is a starter in today's NBA. I think he's a really good bench player, but I would put um, Toppin at four and Draymond Green at the five. I would start Looney, honestly, and make Toppin your sixth man and just use him like they did with Iguodala. I think it's pretty much – I think he's got to be your new Iguodala. But, yeah, I think I think the Warriors got to use the pick here. I mean, even if they want to get Wiseman, you know, I, if I were them, I'd use the pick and get Toppin or Wiseman. And if you trade it, I'm, you know, I'm sure they can get a haul in return for it. But I'd use the pick. I, I, I do like the top three guys this year, Toppin, um, Carson, and then Ant-Man Edwards. I like I like I like three of them. After that, that's when I kind of start missing on guys at, towards the back end of the draft. Yeah, see, I I think that I think there's a lot of question marks with guys in this draft. We'll get into all that later, though. Um, anyway, let's move now to the Clippers, who we teased at earlier in this podcast. Um, Cohen, since this is one of your former teams, I'll let you go ahead and well, first off, let's let's speculate this trade a little bit. Do you think the Clippers should trade for Russell Westbrook? No, uh, with a team who kind of already has an established, you know, sort of deal. I think Russell Westbrook does nothing but, uh, I, mean, I mean, not on purpose, but ruins chemistry, takes up too many shots, stops the ball a lot. We see how he kind of ruined the uh, your Houston Rockets, uh, to be fair. I think Harden and then someone else does better than Harden and 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 Westbrook just because of personnel differences. I don't think that that putting him back together with uh, PG-13 is going to be the right move. I, I do think that the Clippers do need a, a, a point guard. Um, I'm not quite sure that um, – that Beverly gets it done for you, especially not in today's NBA. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think that the Clippers are kind of past the point they're too good to trade for Russell Westbrook because they don't really need him, in my opinion. They need a point guard, but not Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I don't think trading here for Russell Westbrook is the right move. Lou Williams is going to be a free agent. I wouldn't bring him back, honestly. He looks like he's aging not very well. Um, I think you got to exercise your option here on Landry Shamit. Um, honestly, if I'm the Clippers, I think you got to let um, Montrez Harrell walk as well because he was having, you know, kind of problems with the team and stuff. I think you got to get that bad chemistry out of there. I liked the rumors of them to go get Rondo. Rondo has championship experience. He brings a lot of that back to the table. I think that Rondo would be much better. Look, I don't think Westbrook plays well with them, even though you can put shooters around Westbrook. I just think it brings together too many personalities and everything. We already saw him and Paul George fail together once. We don't really need to see it twice, even if you can throw Kawhi into the mix. I don't think it's a smart move here for the Clippers. I would personally go out and get Rondo. I think Rondo would be the right guy, and Rondo and Patrick Beverly can split time at just your point guard. I, that, that was kind of my point is you can go and pick up almost anybody off the street, not saying that they're a better basketball player than Westbrook, but they'll help out the Los Angeles Clippers better than what Russell Westbrook would. See, I don't necessarily think you can get anybody off the street. I think you have to get a guy who's a high IQ player. That's going to get everyone involved. Like Patrick Beverly's more just defense and just, uh, I don't raw, even want to raw talk dog about. effort. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's their Draymond Green, you know. I like him as like a sixth man, or I like him in a smaller role than he's been getting with this team. I think Rondo is, though, the perfect fit. A guy like a Rondo or Ricky Rubio, you know, who's not going to come in there and demand the ball, but they know how to run an offense and get everybody involved. I think that's what they need. Because, I mean, at times they look lost out there on the court, and it's because they don't have a true point guard to establish a true identity for their offense. So I think that's what they need to do is something or other like that. And, you know, it still gives them money to even go out and get another shooter in there. And, I mean, I personally think Landry Shamit is ready to step up and do a little bit bigger of a role as a shooter for this team. I mean, he's a guy who can spray some threes. And I think they got a couple other young guys like Kevin Gelly who I'd like to see step into a bigger role for them this upcoming season. So to me, to me you could even pick up a guy like Jeff T, Goran Dragic. Yeah. Um, even like DJ Augustine, you could pick up one of those and, and they would be far more useful than a superstar like Russell Westbrook would be. Hey, I agree with that completely. Those are all great options. I like how you had all those guys ready to rattle off there. Um, anything else about the Clippers before we move to their uh, in locker room rivals? Um, I, I think the Clippers are in a really good spot. I think healthy and on the best day, I think on paper, I guess you could say they have a better team than the Lakers. The Lakers got hot at the right time and they have a guy named LeBron James. Um, Kawhi Leonard kind of does worry me with the whole sitting out 30 games a year thing. And the, the, the thing with Paul George not having great chemistry and kind of disappearing when it matters does sort of worry me. But during the regular season on paper, I think they have one of the best teams in the NBA. I think they'll be fine. I personally would not have fired Doc Rivers I think Dockers had a good rapport with the Clippers in the front office. So that's really all you can ask for. I think he kind of went out too deep into some uncharted waters going to coach the 76ers. I don't, I don't think they're as good a team as everybody thinks they are. But, um, you know, the Clippers, I think, are still in a fine spot. And um, are they going to win the championship this year? Probably not, but they'll probably make a deep playoff run. And everybody will, be, everybody will calm down and say, okay, this is what we have Kawhi for. Every year we're in it. I actually don't think the Clippers are in a good spot. They don't have Paul George or Kawhi locked down long-term. Both guys could turn around and leave. They don't have any of their first-round picks because they gave them all up to get Pandemic P. I don't think Tyron lose like right coach either. I think Tyron lose a good coach if you have a LeBron or somebody like that leading your locker room, but they don't have a guy like that leading their locker room right now. I'm very scared for this Clippers team next season. I think they have a talented roster. I saw a lot of signs I didn't like out of them in the playoffs. Do I think they'll turn it around a little bit? Yes, but I would still take LeBron over them in the playoffs. We'll see. As LeBron ages, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll definitely see. It's going to be fun to watch how everything plays out. Um, speaking of LeBron and his Lakers, um, I personally think, Cohen, the biggest need for this Lakers team is to find a number three option this offseason. And I think there's a lot of good guys out there, you know, maybe go out there and get Lou Williams. He's about to be a free agent. They just need one more scorer who can either lead the bench with scoring kind of like Rondo did, or they need a guy, you know, they, they just need somebody like that. who can supply them with a little bit more. I would even, honestly, I'm very open to trading Kuzma as well. I think trading Kuzma is a must for them this offseason. Look, I love Kuzma. I think he's a good player in this league. I just don't think he fits right on this team. LeBron and Davis's best position is both power forward, which is also Kuzma's best position. That's where he gets the best mismatches to take advantage of his skills. I think Kuzma, for the sake of his game and for the sake of the Lakers, it's time for both parties to move on and trade Kuzma. He's also about to be due a new contract as well. I think moving on from him would be the best move here for the Lakers. Um, I just think they just need to bring in one more wing scorer who can kind of create his own shot and can move the ball. I think if they bring in a guy like that, like Lou Williams, it'd be perfect for him. 
Um, I had somebody in mind who really can't move the ball that well and who really isn't the best at creating his own shot. But because you do have LeBron who can get really great assists and who, who, as a, who makes his team as a whole move the ball around, I like a guy like Danilo Gallinari to come in there who can space the floor, who can get open, who gives you good quality minutes without taking too much away from, from LeBron and AD. To me, he's the perfect fit. I also have guys written down like DeMar DeRozan, Gordon Hayward, if, if you have the money for it, which I don't think they do, but he's just a fun idea throw out there Evan Fournier Tim Hardaway someone who is an independent scorer but doesn't have to be able to move the ball because the rest of the guys can do it for him yeah um I think Gallinari would have been a good choice if it was six months ago but I mean he looked dead in the bubble like he looks like he aged about 10 years in that bubble offseason I mean he could have also though been stuck in an area where he didn't have great development I can't remember what country he's from but he might have been stuck there I really don't didn't really look into his backstory that much of what he did did before the bubble, well, but he did let's not also not good. judge guys only based on what we saw in the bubble. Um, some of these guys let on a little bit less than they believed that they were tired from being away from their families. Some guys didn't give full effort. Some guys kind of you know like mentally just couldn't do it. And, and, and the bubble is a hard place to play. So let's not read only into the bubble based off what we've seen. Gallinari was good uh, before the bubble started this season. So I, I, I like him in a Lakers uniform, especially if he's used well, if uh, Frank Vogel can use him well, um, or, or, or if Coach LeBron can use him well. Yeah, I mean, hey, we'll definitely see. I, I know the Lakers will go out here and get another guy. That's all they need, though, is they just need a third option when LeBron and AD get tired or when AD gets hurt. So definitely think that the Lakers are in good shape, and I think they're going to be ready to defend that title run once again. Also, um, whenever Dwight Howard kind of opts out or kind of finds a new home, um, I could see them finding a, um, a, a a good center, a, a good maybe even like backup center to kind of give you some good quality minutes, pull down some rebounds. Um, I could see Tristan Thompson having a reunion with, with LeBron. Um, I'd see, you know, there, there's a plethora of guys, even guys like a, a, a sign Whiteside who kind of needs a new start after not playing so well in Portland. Um, Bismack Biumbo, a guy who can give you 10 points a game on – quality minutes maybe eight rebounds a game that's kind of what the Lakers did this year they they, they killed you but with death by a million rebounds it wasn't one guy that gave it to him it was three separate guys like JaVale McGee um, Dwight Howard and 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 you know other guys who gave it to you so it doesn't have to be one guy it can be a collection of of a few different guys yeah I really like that take right there Cohen I agree with you completely um, I think Tristan Thompson back out there would be hilarious. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he wants to reunion again with his boy LeBron. They both signed a rich 14, ball, four, so. 14 rebounds a game, but three points a game. You know, like it's like like it's one of those like that that, that would benefit both parties. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a Rich Paul guy, so you know he's going to be looking to play again with LeBron. All Rich Paul does is try to help LeBron win championships. Um, anyway, let's move now to actually one of the most interesting stories that has been cooking up this offseason, which is should the Phoenix Suns trade for Chris Paul, Cohen, take off? No, um, I think that Ricky Rubio is already in a good enough spot with with the Suns, especially seeing and and I don't put this much stock into the bubble, but seeing how well they did play in the bubble with Ricky Rubio, I like Ricky Rubio's spot right now. Um, I wouldn't trade for Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul is, is is a really great traditional point guard, and I still love him to death. But I think the Thunder may want to hold on to him if they want to have any sort of development for a few of the young guys going forward. I think they are the only team left that does not have a head coach. So whenever you you do hire a young head coach, you're going to want a guy like Chris Paul to kind of bridge the gap 
so to speak. So right now I have written down, you want a small forward and then you want some bench scorers. I don't think Mikhail Bridges is a starter in today's NBA. We'll see as, as we get later on in his career. But um, I like a guy like um, Evan Turner, Gallinari, Nick Batum, Otto Porter Jr. to kind of come in and give you some good, top scoring um i even like a guy like willie collie stein to kind of be one of the um one of the power forwards or centers that, that you kind of work with i don't love their bigs right now i like deandre Ayton a lot but Ubre and aaron baines and cameron johnson guys like sarich and kaminsky are gonna have to work a little bit you know harder to show me that they belong on this team uh, lots of good young guys i think the suns are prime for the future i don't think they're in win now mode yet i don't think devin booker has enough help yet but i do think they have a lot of good young guys who are primed and ready to be developed i can see that kind of area of why you would want to trade for chris paul but i think ricky rubio gives you good enough on court play to where you don't have to kind of assert his position hey i think that See, I actually am going to disagree with you on some of this. I think they should actually bring back Dario Saric. I thought that he looked like a really good fit. Him and Czech Diallo both inside the bubble. I liked what I saw from both of them a lot. And once they got in there, Cam Johnson finally came on and looked like the shooter they needed. Um, you're getting Ubre back. I'm actually going to disagree with you on Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges, when he came out, was one of my top prospects in that draft class as to be a 3 and D player, and he looked the part of it in the bubble. I thought the Suns and Devin Booker showed great things. I loved everything I saw from the bubble. I actually would trade for Chris Paul. I feel like Chris Paul, not only does he change the culture here in Phoenix, but he finally gets them over the hump and takes them to the playoffs. I think Ricky Rubio has been a great fit for this team and has done a lot of good things, but – I think you got to make the jump and bring in Chris Paul, the point God. He does have two years left on his deal, but I think you can get away with bringing him in for cheap. I think you can just trade Kelly Oubre for him, which I would honestly do if I was both parties. I think that's a great trade both ways, Kelly Oubre and, and I guess maybe Rubio for Chris Paul. I mean, I think the Thunder would love to bring in Kelly Oubre Jr. and put him in there as one of their young pieces that they're going to look to build around in the future. And the Suns prove they don't really need him, that they're better off. I mean, Booker, Chris Paul, Bridges, Johnson, and Aiton, that's a squad right there. I really like that team. Give me one or two veterans off the bench to give you a couple more good minutes. And I think that's a really dangerous Suns team that'll be a lot of fun to watch play basketball. I really, I really liked Johnson and Bridges both coming out of the league with the way they could shoot the ball and their long wingspans and big bodies with the defense they can bring. I think they could be built to succeed in the new NBA because, I mean, I mean, Aiton, I don't think he's going to be a superstar or anything, but he's a beast on the boards. You can have him in there as your only traditional big man on the floor and then bring in Sarge off the bench to give you threes and, you know, give you kind of your stretch big man. I think the, I think the Suns roster for once is actually in a good place. And after they made some bizarre moves, you know, James Jones basically traded TJ Warren for, uh, for a bucket of balls and, you know, kind of traded that draft pick for what didn't look to be a good trade. But Cam Johnson and Sarge all of a sudden look like the right fits for this team. I think the Suns really figured a lot of things out once they got to the bubble and how to play with this team. And I look for them to build off that and have a very promising 2020 se- or 2021 season, especially if they add Chris Paul in there. I think that puts them in as a playoff team from a fringe playoff team. I know I said let's not put too much stock in the bubble, and, and, and I'm not. But um, whenever you have a team who performed together and who performed really well in the playoffs, you don't want to you know s- stir up the ship and, and, and then take the ship off course. Um, if you want to run it, run it back with this lineup, you have to run it all the way back with Ricky Rubio and everybody. Um, I'm not saying that Chris Paul would take too much shot attempts and attention away from Devin Booker because Devin Booker does need some help. But um, I do think Chris Paul would be the wrong fit to kind of mess up the momentum this team has going forward. I don't want to put too much stock into the bubble, but if you are going to run this team back, let's run it back and see what it actually is. 
See, I disagree. I think Chris Paul would bring so many good things to the table. I think he could get everyone involved even better. And I think him and Booker would be a lot like him and Harden were when they played together in that backcourt. I mean, Booker is emerging as one of the big time shot makers. He hit some huge shots like that turnaround buzzer beater he had over Kawhi Leonard. There never looks like a moment that's been too big for Devin Booker in his NBA career. He came in the league firing. I mean, even from day one, after he went like 12th or 14th in that draft, he fell down the board and he's been out to prove it every single year. He finally made the all-star team. I think Booker's only getting better and bringing in a veteran guy like Chris Paul only makes this team better they kind of did it with Rubio and now you get the guy who's probably like honestly Chris Paul is probably the best version of Ricky Rubio I really respect Ricky Rubio as one of those point guards like that I feel like bringing Chris Paul gives him the best version of that and makes this team the best version of themselves I would be willing to agree with you that Chris Paul is probably the best version of Ricky Rubio but Ricky Rubio doesn't take any shots away from Devin Booker not saying that Chris Paul would take too many shots away from Devin Booker but um I like Devin Booker or I like Ricky Rubio because of how he distributes the ball. Um, I think he may have more total passes on the year than Chris Paul does. So I like this team to run it back with this lineup. And if it doesn't work, you can make a midseason trade. But if you're going to run it back, let's run it all the way back. Let's go on this momentum that we found in the bubble and let's not stir up any, any messes and let's, let's run it all the way back with a team that went eight, no in the bubble and still didn't make the playoffs. They're going to be young. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be mad because you went undefeated in the bubble and you still didn't get a playoff spot. Let's run it back with the full team and at least, Let's just see what happens because the Suns are on borrowed time still. They're in no hurry. Um, they're not trying necessarily to win the NBA title. So let's run it back, see what happens. Let's see what holes need to be plugged after we play a half season with these guys. Yeah, see, I feel like I feel like though, if anything, Chris Paul just opens things up more with Booker. I would make the move to bring in Chris Paul. I couldn't bring myself though to give up more than Ubre and who is the order than Ubre and Rubio, maybe Ubre. Actually, I would even give up Ubre in the 12th pick, but no more than that. I really don't think you can keep Rubio though. So I think he's got to be moved. Let's let's another, let's say this, how much time does Chris Paul have left? And is he going to spend that time with the Phoenix Suns, a two year or a year and a half rental of Chris Paul? I don't know if I could bring myself to mortgage any part of the future for a, for a, a one and a half year rental. Hey, that is a good point you make there, Cohen. I personally would go ahead and do it if I'm the Suns. You got to. You because got you're to aggressive. Because TP3 has hot takes. He's he's not he's not conservative. TP3 is aggressive. He wants Devin Booker to win now, and so does Devin Booker. But let's pump the brakes a little bit, and let's, let, let's be kind of conservative here. Hey, fair enough, fair enough. I'll take the aggressive approach. You can take the laid-back approach. We'll see yep. what ends up happening. Honestly, I doubt the trade will end up going down, but I think Tris Paul will play for another team in 2020. Um, I think it might be the 76ers. Anyway, um, up, up, up next. <laughs> hey, that would be hilarious to see him get stuck in Philadelphia. Anyway, next up here is the Sacramento Kings, who, I mean, team. yeah, the last team on this podcast. And look, Cohen, I actually had high hopes for Sacramento coming into 20, the 2020 season. I, I thought too. this was a team trending the right direction. They seem to have taken three steps backwards. Um, I mean, what do you make up of this Sacramento team, Kings team? What do they got to do here to fix things? There's no really easy answer for this. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Um, they have a lot of good young players, but I don't necessarily – I'm not in love with 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 what they have going on. Um, De'Aaron Fox, I think, is really good. Um, I like Buddy Heald a lot, but he seems to be Jekyll and Hyde the way that he plays. Uh, Harrison Barnes, I think, was kind of a waste of a pick. I would rather just throw Kent Bazemore in there and just here, just go out and do your thing. Uh, By Elites is good. I'm not in love with Rashawn Holmes, but he played better than I thought he would this year. Um, they have a, they have like six or seven really, really, really good young players, but they don't really find a way to make 
them play together well on any given night at the same time. It's, it's usually a night where, oh, Buddy Hill plays great, but nobody else does. Oh, De'Aaron Fox plays great, but nobody else does. Oh, Bialica plays great, but nobody else does. They can't really find a way to put stats in terms uh, of wins. So I don't know what's going to happen with them. I think it's really, really, really – they got it's tough going. And I think they play in one of the toughest divisions in the NBA. So – I don't know, man. There's really no right answer to this because it's 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 really tough. Um, Luke Walton, I think, is a good head coach, but if you watch the basketball that I watched from Sacramento Kings last year, you would probably tend to disagree with me. Um, they have a good team, I think, on paper, but they just cannot seem to find a way to actually get it to go their way on a given night. Um, let's see what I have written down for them. I think I had a few things written down. Um, yeah, I, well, Cohen, I agree with a lot of the things you said, though, about the Kings. They kind of could put it all together. I think a lot of it is De'Aaron Fox keeps getting injured. I think they have two things they absolutely have to do this offseason. The okay. first thing they have – the first – well, also, Marvin Bagley getting injured keeps screwing them over. Two years ago when Bagley actually got healthy for a stretch, he averaged – I think he was averaging like 15 and like 11. I mean, he was an absolute freak when he was actually healthy. Problem is Bagley can't stay on the court. They need him to somehow be able to hang on the court, but – I think you got to play Bogdan Bogdanovich. I mean, he's done a yeah. lot of good things with this team. He looked really, really good in the bubble, like he's taking more steps. And I think you have to get rid of Buddy Heald. And it's not because Buddy's a bad player. They moved Buddy out of the starting lineup. It's because and, Buddy's I mean, a head case. It's because yeah, Buddy, but Buddy would rather tweet and call out the owner, and he would he would rather ask for more minutes than rather play for more minutes. Yeah, I mean, Buddy's just not clicking with his team and this roster. I think that's also holding him down some. He's about set to make $22 million. And I actually think Buddy's a very valuable player in this NBA. He's one of the best spot-up shooters in the entire league, one of the best guys in the league at stretching the floor for you. There's a reason why they call him Buddy Buckets because he is a big-time bucket. I think you can move Buddy Heald for all, for a decent bit, too, a lot more than you think. Maybe package that draft pick together with yep. Buddy. I mean, shoot, if I'm the Hawks, I would give him a call right now and say number six pick for Buddy Buckets, send him my way. So – I think I there's too. a yeah I think there's a lot of potential for Buddy Heal to get traded. I think he's one of the more valuable players in this league because of how young he is and how great he is at shooting that three point ball. That's something you can't teach to everybody. He's got that natural stroke. It's beautiful watching him shoot it. I think those are the two biggest moves for the Kings to make this offseason. But they need Bagley in that lineup, man. If they can actually get Bagley to play the way that we thought he would be, it can change a lot of things for this team. Yeah, um, I. I am not a huge fan of Rachan Holmes. He played better than I thought he would this year. Um, I think that what this team needs the most, though, is defenders. I think you have enough guys who can get buckets and, 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 and fill up the stat sheet, but I think you need some good defenders. I would like to see a guy like Tony Snell, uh, a Jeremy Grant, a Stanley Johnson, a guy who's what you would call a 3 and D defender, a good long guy mm. who can sit there and defend and who can hit shots when you need him to, but that's not his number one objective. Um, if this team could get a few defenders and get it, the team on on the court healthy at the same time, which I think the, the, the long break and uh, not because the Suns or the, the, the Kings didn't play in the bubble. Did they? No, they did. They did. Yeah, but they did not play well. I don't think they won a game in the bubble. Okay. So the long break, maybe can get these guys on the court at the same time. I agree with you. You got to play Bogdanovich. Um, I would necessarily wouldn't be actively shopping buddy healed, but if someone called me with a good, with a good offer, like your Hawks offer uh, about the number six pick, uh, he offered that you cannot refuse. I would begrudgingly let him go. Um, I think buddy healed is probably the best pure scorer 
on this team, but maybe that's, that's kind of what you need to get rid of. He is also the biggest problem uh, in terms of emotionally and he, being a head case with this team. I think he's one of the biggest problems. You have good guards. Um, you have decent bigs. I still think you need a starting center, but you have good forwards. Um, I think that this team is good on paper, but I don't know what Luke Walton's doing, but he needs to stray away from it and maybe get this team playing well on at the same time every night because it's really not happening. Yeah, honestly, even if I could package together Bagley and one of the in this draft pick and move into like the top three or four in this draft, I might even be tempted to do something like that. I think Bagley has all the talent in the world, but he hasn't been able to prove yet that he can stay on the floor. And honestly, I'm pretty disappointed in it. I had high hopes for Marvin Bagley coming into the he only, NBA. He, he only played um, 13 games. Whenever he did play his 26 minutes a game, he had 15, almost 15 points and almost eight boards, which mm-hmm. is good. Not maybe for that in terms of minutes, but I would really just throw a guy like Alex Lynn in there because Alex Lynn shows with his, with his limited minutes that he can play. Um, he only played in 15 games, but in 15 minutes, he had six points and almost eight boards. So I think a guy like Alex Lynn can, can let your other guys shoot and free them up. All he's responsible for is t- chasing down boards and running up and down the floor and playing defense. Um, you don't, you definitely don't have a problem with talent on this team. There's definitely enough talent to win you a few ball games to try to make the playoffs. Um, I, I, hell, I even think in the, uh, in the preview episode that me and you did for this past NBA season, I think I had the Kings at making the number eight seed. So yeah, they definitely, dis- yeah, yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I mean, Cole takes me, somebody put us on Twitter, but I, I think they definitely disappointed us. They definitely have the talent to play it. In, in this league, especially in the Western Conference, which is tough because they are in the toughest uh, division in the NBA, I think. Um, it's, it's tough for them. I, I think that, that all is not lost. It's not worth blowing up yet. They have some good guys. Just make one good aggressive move, like you've been saying, and it'll put them in a way better spot. Get yourself a good defender. Get yourself a good center. And uh, let's mostly run it back. Yeah, I agree with everything you said right there, Cohen. They just got to get guys healthy, get this team out there on the floor. But, I mean, this future is not completely is not no. completely done there in Sacramento, but no, I think there's still one player away. Um, anyway, Cohen, any last words before we get up out of here? We got a, we got a, two more parts to record later. Nope. Um, I'm looking forward to doing the part with the Utah Jazz because I think our future is a little bit more in jeopardy than people seem to realize. I think we had some good takes today, um, went through these teams good and fast, really good, you know, just kind of organizational skills. Yeah. Um, I gave a few good examples of which I, I know I, I reused a lot of names, but these are just names that I think would be a good fit with each team. We'll know mm-hmm. more as um, – as transactions are made, who who's getting kept based on bird rights, who is kind of sticking around with teams, who's looking to actively shop the market. Um, I kind of disagree with what you said about Gordon Hayward. I, I don't think there's that good of a market for Gordon Hayward. I think you're right that some team w- is willing to give him some money, but he made $32 million last year. And I, I would be more impressed that he's going to be making closer to half that this year. Yeah, see, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. It would definitely be overpaying for him, but we've just learned in this NBA that there's always the team who gets greedy and overaggressive and spends some money yep. they shouldn't, for example, the 76ers in the situation they're in now, you know? So yep. I, I, will, I will agree with you on that, Cohen. I don't think he's worth it. I just think there's a team dumb enough to do it. But Yeah, there yeah, is. There sure. definitely is. Oh, yeah. But we'll make sure to separate because I'm a, so I'm a Hawks fan, as most of you all know, and I obviously just like to support my boy James Harden. So we'll probably have to do the Central and the Northwest next podcast just because – we know you want to talk about the Jazz for a while, and I want to talk about my Hawks for a while, so we'll try to split them up just to make things roll quicker and quicker. But once again, guys, we appreciate everyone who came on, and Cohen, I appreciate you hopping on with me once again. 
No worries. Everybody catch me at Cohen underscore Hughes on Instagram or TDD pod on Instagram uh, at TDD pod, the daily degenerate podcast. Um, I know this isn't really the, the time or place to plug betting picks, but if you want to see a great 62 and NFL record, um, you can go on the action network and catch oh, yeah. me on the action network um, four weeks in a row. I, I, I think I've had a positive record all four of those weeks. So we're on, we're on, we're on a good little heater right now. Um, I, if it wasn't for the Buccaneers losing, um, I would have had an even better week but fuck the saints i'll hate to see a saints win every day of the week but you can catch me on those td pod and uh the action network daily degenerate podcast you can catch me on there and uh, you can get mine and thomas's picks as we do them be on the lookout for these next episodes we're doing the nba season is right around the corner december 22nd um i'm really excited that we're going to get nba on christmas day that's one of my favorite betting days of the year and we're going to have NFL this year. Oh, my God. Somebody come snap me and wake me up because I think I might be dreaming. <laughs> hey, I'll come tap you on the shoulder going in a sec. Yes. Um, anyway, guys, once again, appreciate everyone tuning in. Catch me on Twitter at TP3Wins, on Instagram at TP3Bets. Um, hot, at Hot Takes at TP3 on the Action Network as well. I am on a cold streak, unlike Cohen, and I'm hoping I can get back on a hot streak hoping guys last month's over it's time for november time for the first nfl weekend officially of november so appreciate all y'all tune in once again and we'll see y'all soon